for his presence, amen. I, I just want to encourage you to wait for the Lord. He's coming. <laughs> He's coming back, praise God. You know, I'm, I want to know what God's will is for my life today. But I can assure you this, that he wants me to expect his return, amen. That Jesus is coming back, and he's going to take his church out of here. And he's coming back for a right people, a righteous people. He's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. He's coming back for a church that is waiting for him. Sad to say most of the church today is waiting. Not, they're, they're, they're busy about their own lives. They're forgetting about Jesus is coming. When I first came here, one of the messages that I remembered more than anything is that Jesus is coming back. And many people that are not here today expected them to come, him to come in their lifetime. But you know, God doesn't change his mind. <laughs> right? That he's coming back for a church that is hungry for him. A church that is seeking him. A church that is ready for him. I've preached a message a few months back where I called it the great falling away. I see it happening. I see people falling away. No hunger for God. No hunger for the, for the word of God. No hunger for church. No hunger to pray. That's a sign. For a believer that gets in that condition, stop. If you're one of them, and I'm not saying you are, but if you're one of them, you have to look at your life and say, what am, I, what am I doing to get close to the Lord? Am I ready for his return? Am I ready for when he comes back? I don't know what other preachers are preaching today, but I know one thing. This is a rapture preaching church. Because he is coming back. And he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for those that are looking for him. Expecting him. That's the word I got from the Lord just when I was praying. Expecting him. Are you expecting him? What if he come back today? Or before this service is over? Where would you <laughs> where would you stand? That's a tough question, right? How would you look? What argument would you have before him? How would you say, how would you would you go? Would you, sorry to say, a lot of people that's going to church today are not going to make it because their priorities for Jesus is not right. Their desire for God is not right. They're not expecting him to come back. That's why they go about, they get out of church and they go about like everybody else doing their daily things and, and you know, and, 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 and going through their functions and, and face, you know, and, and while I'm, I'm starting to see that, that a lot of people are falling from the expectation of God's return or Jesus' return. They're not ready for him. Jesus said it himself. Many are called, but few are chosen. I'm, I wish I was wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And there's not going to be the millions and millions and millions of souls raptured up. It's going to be those that are ready for him. Those <laughs> that have their little lamps full. Ready? Ready, ready, ready to, to see God when he comes. You know what he's going to be looking for? The little specks of light that's burning. <laughs> See? He's not going to find it in a lot of churches because they're so caught up in religion. They're so caught up in systems and programs. They've gotten away. How many churches do you think are preaching the gospel today? I mean, the, the coming of Jesus? Not much. There are not many today because now 
we've got in the, the, the new church culture, uh, we're trying to make people better. We're trying to make people feel good about themselves. We're trying to make people feel like, like they have something other than can make it without God. It won't happen. Are you ready to meet the Lord when he comes? Father, we just thank you for this morning. As we get ready to read your word, Father, I pray that through this reading, Lord God, through the reading of the word, Father, that we learn the truth and understand that you are coming back. In Jesus' name. Turn with me to chapter 24 of Matthew. And let us see God's word today. What does Jesus teach about his coming? What does Jesus teach about the rapture? Many Christians don't believe it anymore. Or they just got away from it and they started focusing on, you know, the good, the feel, the feel good gospels and the how I can be a better person, God, how, how I'm a child of the king gospels. You know what I'm saying? We replace the message of Jesus' return with many other things. Hey, Brother Lawrence, how you doing? And the power of God has left the church because we, we made it, we made it a, a, a message of good people. Made it a message of feel good. There's nothing wrong with feeling good. That's not what I'm talking about. But our message is that if, if you know in your heart there's something wrong in your life and that if Jesus would come today, there's something that would cause you to miss his coming, get it right. I am a preacher of the gospel. I'm not interested in preaching opinion. <laughs> I always said that about the Ten Commandments. I said, those are not ten opinions. Those are ten commandments. <laughs> it's not what he thinks you ought to do. It's what you better do. <laughs> and I learned that through that. If God has an opinion about sin, what is your opinion about it? Oh. <laughs> if God has an opinion about his return, what is your opinion about it? Is your opinion God's opinion? Do you see it like God sees it? Okay. <laughs> oh, quiet. If Jesus would come today, would you go? Boy, I don't even hear a, 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 I can hear a, a cricket in this morning. <laughs> if Jesus would come today, would you go? And you might say, well, yeah, I'm in church. I ain't going to make it. <laughs> well, well, I worshiped with y'all a while ago. Sing the songs. That ain't going to do it. If Jesus comes today, will you go? <laughs> okay. He's talking about, and this is about the midterm of the tribulation. The tribulation that happened already. See? Jesus, the church, according to the book of Revelation, after the third chapter in Revelation, you don't even, the church is not even mentioned. Because John had a vision in heaven, and, and he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord in his glory. John, John was flabbergasted, man. He said he felt like a dead man. Couldn't even stand on his feet because of such glory that was present with Jesus. And he started speaking to the seven churches in Asia. The one that scares me the most is the Laodicean church. You say, Laodicean church had gotten comfortable. 
Say, we're rich. We have need of nothing. <laughs> Ooh. We have everything we want. Why pray? Why go to church? Why, why read the Bible? You know, I'm, I'm using that in today's me- <laughs> words. But why should we see God if we have all our, the money? We have all our needs met. Why, what's the need? And they became lukewarm. They didn't see no need to pray anymore. They didn't see need to come to church. They didn't see need. They were getting lazy. And Jesus said it that I'd rather you be hot or cold because you're lukewarm. I'll spew you out of my mouth. And John is preaching this to these churches, and the one that sticks out, the leather see in church sticks out more than anybody because they hadn't gotten lazy. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They hadn't got complacent. They didn't see the need to seek God anymore. What a dangerous place to be. And John saw Jesus. And and he explained, I can't go through all of it, but there was a reason why the church was being spoke to before the revelation or the division of the tribulation that came because the church, I believe, is going to get out of here. It is an opponent on man. Now, that's not the scripture I want to quote. It's, it, you know, about, well, Sodom, he had to take a lot out of Sodom before he can destroy the city. He had to, he had to, take, he had to take Noah and his family on the ark before he can destroy the earth. God is not, that's the one I was thinking of, God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain eternal life through Jesus Christ. So we're learning that Jesus is calling us to him. The worship y'all had a while ago, that wasn't just songs you were singing. God is good. God is merciful. God is kind to those that love him. And he looks for that and he says, well, is, are my children worshiping me? Are my children, I mean, I feel the Holy Ghost. Are my children praying? Are my children coming to church and can't wait to come to hear the word of God? What is happening to the church? We got a lot of empty seats today. And I, let me tell you something. It's not because God's the problem. <laughs> and I know the spirit of God is moving, but that's not the problem. Us, this is the problem. The desire for God has died. The passion for the Lord has died. The hunger for God has died. How, how can I correct that? You're the only one that can do it. I can't go in your heart, event and turn on your love for God or passion. For God. You have to desire. You have to be hungry. You have to listen. You got to. You're responsible for your own faith. I'm only up here to warn you that if that's not right in your heart, you're not going to make it. Jesus said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I'd rather you be hot. You know, hot water, when you take a bath, is nice. I like hot. Now, when when you're outside and it's steaming outside and a nice, cool glass of water. But I hate lukewarm water. Listen. I hate to drink water that's warm. You ever drink water that was warm, especially on a, a hot day? Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold because you look warm. I'll spew you out of my mouth. 
And he says here, and I want to start guessing about verse 21. I'm starting verse 21 because I ain't got time to <laughs> dig <take> all. <laughs> he says this, for then there will be great tribulation. Then there comes a time of trouble. We call it the times, the times of Jacob's trouble. You got to remember, Matthew is writing to the Jewish people. See, we read Matthew 24, and we can see the end times. The first question that they ask Jesus is, what is the sign of your coming and the end of the world? That was the first question they asked. And Jesus goes through this list about, you know, you shall see earthquakes in diverse places. You, shall, you know, and it goes on and on, troubles and problems and trials. And the great tribulation is a time where God is dealing with Israel. But the rest of the world is caught up in this system. And for Christians, we have to know what is right. Because I don't plan on being here. When, 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 when these things are fulfilled, they're talking about the great tribulation. We talk about in Revelations when all these, these plagues are coming. I don't plan on being here. My God, listen to me. You don't have to go through that, praise God. You don't have to go through the plagues and the troubles and the trial. You can get out. But you're not going to get out on a free ticket. You're going to have to do things in your life to make sure that your heart is prepared. What a... I wish it was easy. Just say, God, come take me and take me like I am. And it's not going to work like that. I've been coming to church a long time. And I've seen people with desire for God. And I've seen some with no desire for God. And a lot of the religious people wanted to be like the true Christians, but they were just playing a game. You get what I'm saying? They were playing. It wasn't real. Then they're not here today. It's because when you learn to love Jesus, nothing else. Oh, my God, I feel like preaching. When you learn to love Jesus, nothing else matters. <laughs> Come on, you're going to look for him. You're going to expect him. I want to see my God. I want to see my king. I want to go to heaven. <laughs> I want to make it. <laughs> Lord, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Whoo, I'm preaching to myself of anybody else. <laughs> we need to be ready. Verse 21 says this, and there shall be great tribulation such as has not been seen in the beginning of the world until, the, until this time, nor shall ever be. Now watch, you're looking at something right here. Jesus explaining a time. Listen, this world has saw some bad days. This, this world has saw some horrible times in history, but nothing's going to be compared to this time. Nothing. There will be no place to hide. There will be no place to run. Death on every corner. Life itself will, will, will seem to be suicides. People will not want to live. I mean, the darkness will be so heavy. I mean, like you've never seen on this planet before. Judgment of God is coming. Tribulation is coming. Trials and tests of this planet. God's going to purify this planet one way or another. And I've always saw it. The tribulation is the way to let sin destroy itself. Come on, Holy Ghost. It's a way to let sin be defeated. Because at the end of this tribulation, Jesus is coming back. 
on a white horse. <laughs> He's coming back with his saints, which is, ought to be you and me. He's coming back to rule and reign on this planet for 1,000 years. I don't know about you, but I plan on being on one of them horses. <laughs> I plan on being coming back with him. And I'm coming. Listen, we, we say, well, we're going to heaven forever. No, you're not going to be in heaven forever. You're coming back. According to my Bible, we're coming back to rule and reign on this planet with Jesus. To rule and reign. And, and proclaim his righteousness to the rest of the world. But I'm going ahead of myself. Are you ready? Are you ready? Throw me to 2 Thessalonians real quick. And I'm going to show you something. There's such a warning about the coming of Christ in the scriptures. The Lord is looking for those that are, are ready. And I hope today you are ready. God is looking for those that want to serve them with his, serve him with his life. I'm going to find my spot. Hold up. I'm sorry. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's go there. I look, comfort, I look for comfort in the coming of Jesus. I look for hope and joy and peace. In the coming of Jesus. I'm not going to lie to you. That is my hope. Most people, they look, well I, hope, well, I can't wait till I can retire and live the rest of my life. <laughs> but what about after that? Before we end this service, if Jesus would come. Oh, but he ain't going to come. How do you know? Before I finish the next sentence, he might rapture us out of here. Because I looked, I studied the scriptures, and I was telling Rainham about that. I said, you know, the only society that can fulfill the scriptures and Revelation, like with the two witnesses that's going to preach, some believe it's Moses and Elijah, or Elijah and, you know, I don't care who it is. <laughs> but they're going to preach, and, they're gonna, and, and the Antichrist is going to have their dead bodies. And kill them. And their dead bodies are going to lay in the streets for three and a half days. And at the end of those three and a half days, they're going to rise up. And, and, and what's bad, listen, the world's going to see this. Now what, back when he wrote that, there was no way that the world could see him rise from the. But now it could. Something happens overseas, you're going to know it in 15 minutes. The whole world's going to see it. They'll blast that all over the news. They'll blast it all over the, the satellites and everything else, internet. They're going to know that something happened and these two witnesses got up. And the fear of God's going to come on people for a while. So we, no other generation could fulfill that passage of Scripture but this generation. I was telling somebody right here in this little church, the message today, people can hear it in Germany. In France, because it's on the internet. And Jesus said in the last days, this gospel is going to be preaching out throughout the whole world. And then shall the end come. Have you ever thought it would go to homes and play part in that, this little church? Because God has ordained it that way. 
He's made, there's no way possibly in this, in the book of Revelation that these prophecies could happen in their day. It had to be, we're in that season. Brother Saiga, they're blasting the, the gospel all over the world in every corner of the planet right now. So then there's other preachers that are doing the same thing. There's no excuse right now that man can't hear the gospel. And we're in a season where the gospel is being preached throughout the whole world. And then, Jesus said, the end shall come. Ooh. Now you got to pay attention. No other generation could fulfill that but this generation. Daniel prophesied that there would be uh, knowledge shall increase. Men shall go to and fro from one place to the other. Right now, that cell phone you got in your pocket, it's, it's, it, it's, the technology is growing faster than you can work, learn how, before you learn how to work it. There's new programs and systems, and, and it's all about bringing us into this one world government, this one world system that we can all be connected. I got a cell phone. Nothing wrong with having a cell phone. That's not what I'm saying. But I told somebody the other day, I mean, not the other day, it was years ago when I was pastoring in Hanson. I said, that internet is linking the whole world together. And watch. And when I look at the story of, of, of Nimrod, when he was building that temple in the book of Genesis, or that, that, that pyramid or whatever he was doing, the people, there was nothing the people couldn't do as long as they were united. And they could, they could communicate. And that's why God came and confounded their language, separated them throughout all the earth. Right now, you could learn new languages in weeks. The technology is so advanced, it's unreal. I, I haven't learned to use that cell phone in my, my pocket all the way yet. I don't know all, all the programs and systems that go in. It's, 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 it's advanced so much that it's, 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 it's unreal. We're in the age, we're in the time that Jesus spoke of, that Daniel spoke of, that John spoke of. He's coming back. The darkness that's over the planet. And know this, that in the last day, because sin shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. They got a lot of God-hating people in this world. All we see on TV is anger and hate and division. Pride, selfishness. I mean, I don't want to watch it anymore. No I'm at the point I don't even want to put it on anymore. No because I, I get so sick when I can see people fighting so called for their rights. Listen, we got one right in this world, and that's we can serve Jesus or not. Surely we got a constitution, that's fine. But I'm saying that we, they, they, they're out there crying for something. They want to be happy, but they can't because they're miserable. They don't know God. They're dying by the thousands. They're dying. They're killing each other by the, because somebody has to be on top. Let me tell you something. The only one that is on top today, his name is Jesus. And when he's going to come back, it ain't going to matter who's president. It ain't going to matter who's ruling. It ain't going to matter what's going on. It's going to be Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible says he's going to rule with a rod of iron. You know what that means? You get out of line, you're dead. That's what it means. This loving Jesus. 
This Jesus that's all merciful in grace is going to rule with a rod of iron. They will not stand before him and live. When I look at these blasphemous people, uh, I get so upset. I got to stop watching. You ever watch this, this so-called march they have in the day? Oh, we were angry. The nation's angry because we legalized, we, we banned abortion. No, the angry's not, nation's not angry. They're angry. They're not showing the thousands and thousands of people that are worshiping God for this blood-sucking, murdering thing to stop. They're just showing you the angry ones. They show you the mean ones. The ungodly, that's what they're showing you. They're not showing you the true, the majority of this nation is rejoicing today. Because that blood sucking, murdering demon is, is going to stop it. Most of it, anyhow. I hate abortion. I can't think of for a minute, but a nation has gotten to the point where it could tear its, little, its own people apart. Pulling little heads off and arms off, and we call that good, and we call that that's 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 humane. No, you, we could teach Hitler some lessons, because the death and blood of this babies are going to have to give an account. When God is angry, don't think because we banned abortion, so say that these little six million, sixty million little babies is not going to be accounted for. That blood has to come out somewhere, and it's going to come out by God's judgment. And then, you know, I, I, it, it, it tears me up to know that we've gotten to that place. But it's, it's like that right now. Because sin's going to abound, the love of many. When you don't love your own children, come on. When you don't love your own, your own people, when you can murder your own baby with, with, without a thought, there's something wrong. Because we've gotten to that place. Thank God, I pray to God that this, this thing was but you know who stopped abortion? Not Trump. Not the Republicans. God stopped it. I'm going to preach that now. It's not Trump getting the credit for this. It's God getting the credit. Not, not politicians. It's God that stopped it. And those little babies' bloods are crying out from the ground for vengeance. For their lives. Don't tell me we're not in the end. Don't tell me we're not facing God's judgment. We better pray. We better pray. Pray for your president and pray for your vice president and pray for the, Congress, the Democrats and Republicans. Pray that they get right, amen? Because if they don't and they keep pushing this stuff, they're, they're pointing their finger in God's face and they're in trouble, buddy, if they do that. God's waiting for the church to stand up. God is waiting for the people of God to stand up. But if we got quiet, we sat back in our churches, and we just got back and sat back and said, oh, well, it is like it is, you know. I've heard people tell me, other Christians tell me, oh, abortion will never be overturned. Well, what's your fate, man? Why? What, what, what? You know, we can never get a Christian president. Where's your fate? What, 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 you know, we, 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 we fall into this lazy, laid back. It's going to happen if it happens. If it don't, it don't. What's your faith? My God stopped abortion in this country. Listen to me. God stopped it. And when you fight against it, you fight against him. And I'm, there, there's, not, I told book that there, there's not a person on this planet ever lives, stood up to fight against God that won. Not one. 
And we could go through the history of kings and, 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 and governors and presidents and whatever. Not one ever won against God. Because they all stood before him. <laughs> they all had to stand before the supreme judge and give an account of their miserable lives and why they did what they done. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> Are you ready? He said the great tribulation is going to happen. And it's going to happen. And there's nothing I can do or you can do to stop it. But you can do one thing. Make sure you're ready. Because it says here, verse 15 of chapter 4, For this we say by who? By the word of God, right? By the word of the Lord. That we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not prevent those by any means that are asleep or died. All right? See, a Christian don't die, y'all. They sleep. <laughs> Come on, the body of a Christian don't die. His spirit goes to meet the Lord. But that, that you see, death is not possible to a believer. When I say death, I'm talking about eliminated. When you die, when, when, when Adam sinned against her, he died. We know she didn't die that day physically. Did not a day. He was separated from God. Death is a separation from God. Right? Anybody that dies that's unsaved, they're separate. They die. They're separated from God. But for you, who are a believer, you only sleep. <laughs> you only sleep. Your body sleeps. Your spirit's with the Lord. One day, that spirit's going to come back and meet that body. Right? And you're going to be glorified. There won't be no wrinkles on your faces or sickness in your bodies or bad knees or bad backs. You'll be alive and healthy and glorified, full of life, full of hope. What a day that'll be when my Savior I'll see. <laughs> Listen, there ain't no better hope. When I look at the world today and I said, is that what they got to offer? Mean, angry, bitter people. No, no restraint in their lives. They're living like animals. They're living just like animals. They do what they want, when they want, how they want. And they dare tell God to stop them. Well, he's going to stop them, hallelujah. He's going to stop because he's going to die. And they're going to face him one day. And they have to give an account. It says here, verse 16, For the Lord himself with his sin with the shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, brother. When those children of Israel were sitting at that mountain and God spoke, oh, they trembled. They trembled. They were at, with, with, with Moses. And, and, and Moses was worshiping God. He said, Moses, Moses, don't let God speak to us. You speak to us. Don't let him. You know why? Because it was such a shout. There was such a, it was trumpets blowing. They brought fear in their very being. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't take it because they wasn't right. They wasn't ready to face God because their hearts were de deceitful. They were lying. They were getting ready to make a golden calf. Right after God told them it was a sin, they went ahead and did it anyway. Right after God himself spoke to them. No, Moses, don't, don't let God tell us nothing. Don't let you speak to us. We'll listen to you. 
And the trumpet of God sounded. And the dead in Christ rose first. And them which are alive and remain were caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever, oh my God, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. What a time and a rejoicing that's going to be when you're going to get up there and see Jesus. And you're going to meet those loved ones that went on before you. A family reunion like you had, never saw, praise God. Never to see separation again. Never to see death again. Never to see sickness again. Always joy and rejoicing and praise to the Lord. All you have to do for eternity is worship God. Man, what a time that'll be. You won't have to worry about politics. You won't have to worry about false religion. You won't have to worry about sickness in your body. You won't have to worry about all those things you're going through right now. God is going to deliver you of all that. <laughs> so the trumpet of God shall sound. We go, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. We shall always be with you. Never be separated from Christ, ever. You know, the last few days of my time of prayer, and I, I was thinking about, you know, we, it's close. I'm looking for that transition. I'm looking for the, to go from this life to the next life. This life we live in now is only temporal. It's like, you know, seriously, it's, it's like, like grass. That grows and green and it's going to dry up. Flowers that blossom, they're all going to die. Nothing on this planet right now is eternal. I'm talking about the physical life we live. It's not eternal. It's, it's going to come to an end one day. If the rapture don't happen, it could happen tomorrow for you. You, you could die. I could die. We could meet Jesus before the rapture happens. Where would you stand? How would you face him? What kind of argument would you have before him? Romans 10 verse 9. And we all know it. I'm gonna read, I want you to read it. Romans 10 verse 9. I've learned this verse with my early part of Christian, my Christian life. If a Christian don't know this verse, he ain't been reading this Bible. <laughs> huh? Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, what does it say? Save from what? Now, the, the, really, we, we say, well, I was saved. From what? You ever ask yourself, what am I saved from? I'm going to tell you what you're saved from. You're saved from hell. You're saved from the judgment of God. You're saved from having to be eternally separated from the Lord in hell. Oh, but I still have problems, brother. Well, sure. Some of the greatest prophets in the Bible had problems. Moses was rejected from going into the promised land because he doubted God. He struck the rock twice. Moses is still in heaven, but he, he couldn't go into the promised land. You know why? Because that rock was Christ. And 
Christ was not going to be struck twice. I don't care what the Catholic Church says or any church says. Listen, you can't keep crucifying him over and over and over again. And God got angry at Moses, and Moses couldn't even go into the promised land because he struck the rock. That rock was, that followed him was Christ. That rock producing, produced water was a symbol of Christ. And Moses couldn't go. Aaron couldn't go. They had to one in the desert because the people that were living doubted God. They didn't want to go to the promise. They had wandered for 40 years in the desert. You know, the trip from Egypt to the promised land, maybe a week. <laughs> they stayed in that desert 40 years. <laughs> Till all those that doubted God died. Go read that story. <laughs> Couldn't God have mercy? He did. He wanted to give them the promised land. They wouldn't take it. People say, well, I'm tired of waiting for Jesus to come back. I ain't got the strength. I'm going to live my life now. I'm a, come on, Holy Ghost. I'm going to do what I want now. I'm tired of hearing preachers talk about Jesus is coming back. You better not be tired of it because that is where it's going to happen. That's where your redemption is going to be settled. That's the promise that he gave you. Don't never be tired of hearing the, about the coming of Christ, the rapture of the church. We need that today. That's our hope. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What was his, his purpose? It was to get you to heaven before the Lord. Paul said one thing. He, he, he was glad he comprehended this one thing. Forgetting those things that are behind me. Pressing forward for those things. that. Are, what's that? What's that pressing forward? That's heaven. That's the reward Paul was talking about. He counted everything but dung for the excellence, knowledge of Christ. He wanted Jesus. He wanted to get the glory. That's what his promise was. That's what he was waiting for. The same thing you're waiting for. The excellent promise of God through his coming. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, my God, you shall be saved. And again, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That has to be happened. The heart has to make things right with God. Then, only then could you be saved. Well, I'll, I'll come to church. I just can't give up the things I, I like. Well, you're not saved. I just can't stop doing the old things. I want, it, I want to go to heaven. You think if I just come to church, I, I can go? No. You think if I read my Bible, I could go? No, that's not what it's saying, praise God. You have to confess. You have to convert. There has to be a change in your life. If there's no change, there's no God. If you don't desire righteousness, if you don't desire Christ, if you don't desire more of the Lord, there's something wrong with you. You have to be saved to go to heaven. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a Sunday school sermon for little kids. No. That's the most powerful message in the Bible. Except you repent, you shall perish. Except you turn to the Lord, you won't find God. There's no hope outside of Jesus. None. If you're still angry, your heart's not right. If there's pride in there, something has to change. If your desire is for the world more than the things of God, something has to change. What do we make up our mind? We're going to find out what God's will is, okay? And what he expects of us. Because if you go according to that world, 
My God. I said earlier, I can't even watch it anymore because all I see is anger and division. From the same people that says, we need to unite. They're the ones dividing us. They have no clue, none of what unity means. They want division. They can control people through division. Make one group angry. Make another group angry. Keep them divided so we can solve. They never solve the problem. Government will never, false religion will never solve the problem. Jesus is the answer. I said it a while back, and I'm going to say it again. If every person in America would get born again today, you wouldn't have what you see today. The hearts of people would change and accept Jesus. You wouldn't have to worry about abortion. They, they, there couldn't be one abortion done in this country because the people of God wouldn't allow it. The division wouldn't be there. Everybody would see everybody alike. They wouldn't judge people because of the color of their skin or, or, or what church they go to. They would be saved. They would be born again. Don't you hear what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. There would be no false churches because somebody would, would turn. The, the false churches would turn right if everybody would get born again. <laughs> Come on, something would change. Me and Brother Lawrence was talking yesterday about law. I asked myself a question. Can church operate, operate outside of law? Well, no. I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because that stop sign says something, right? I don't care what you do. If you run that stop sign, you've broken the law. Right, Mom? Listen, if you murder somebody, you've broken the law. That has not, I'm talking about the standards of God. The holiness of God. You can't run. This church has to operate based on God's word and of spirit and also according to his commandments. Jesus said, this is how you know you love me, according, if you keep my commandments. So people that don't keep his commandments don't love him, right? Oh, that's your interpretation. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You go look it up for yourself. If you want to be a liar, you're not going to heaven. Come on, Holy Ghost. If you want to be a thief, you're not going to heaven. If you want to, want to be an adulteress or a fornicator, you're not going to heaven. If you want to be a divider, you're not going to heaven. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. We're changing every day. There are things in my life I got to get right, okay? But if I just sit there and let them stay there, I, I, I won't see God. Because I've chosen my life over God's life. I've chosen my will over God's will. And I'm going to make a statement. You're going to heaven because of the blood of Jesus. You're going to heaven because you confessed him with your mouth and believed in your heart that God arose. That's the only way you're going to make it. But today, this very day, forget about the past. It ain't coming back. You can, you can, you, listen, if we keep living in the past, we're going to stay there. And we'll never go further with God, right? But if we look forward... But Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, pressing forward for those things that are ahead, pressing toward the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. That mark is heaven. That mark is going to meet Jesus. That mark, that mark is leading, living eternity with the Lord. That's the mark he's talking about. As a pastor of this church, I have to warn you about something. If there's no love and desire to get close to Jesus in your heart, something's wrong, Right? I'm not helping you by telling you nice things 
and saying, well, uh, it's okay. You're gonna, you, just, just, you have to get that right. There are things that have to change in your life, in my life. The more you can draw close to Jesus and desire him, the more you're going to draw away from this world. I'll tell you the honest truth in my life. No testimony. I've never been so far from the world than I am now. I know I've got to live in it. I've got to work in it. There's nothing wrong with that. But having confidence in it, having hope in what I see, angry, mean, ungodly, People, I can't sit in front of that stuff anymore. All I can see when I see it is Jesus is coming. When I see them people shaking their fists, angry because they can't kill their babies anymore. My God, come on, 50 years of bloodshed and they don't have enough? Something bothers me in my spirit when I see that. A human heart? Has no comp- they tell me they, they, want, they want a better America for us. They don't care one flip about you. They want to rule your, rule your life and tell you what you can and cannot do. And they want to be in the ones in the driver's seat. That's, that's exactly what they want. I know people might be hearing this in the internet. And I don't care. And I ain't apologize for it. It's not about making your life better. It's about putting you in bondage. But putting you, bound you up and chain you up in their way. And take what they can from you. Saddam Hussein, they say one of the most ruthless men to live. While everybody in this country was starving, guess what he was living in, Lawrence? Palaces. He had thrones. He had, I don't know how many palaces. He had the luxurious life. He, if, I, I mean, he was living it up. And that's what they want for you. They want you in poverty and you stricken and they want to live the luxurious life. God's going to stop it. See, Saddam Hussein got his judgment day. Come on, somebody. Was that other one? Uh, uh, Osama bin Laden got his judgment day. Hitler got his judgment day. And all the rest of them that's living in Washington right now, they're going to have their judgment day. They cannot escape the judgment of God. Not one. But for me and you, we can. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. If you would serve Jesus with your life, you will not stand in the same fiery judgment that God's going to throw up on this world because you're his child. And don't lie to me. You would do things for your child that you wouldn't do for anybody else. And you're his child. You're his child. You're his child. I want you to close your Bible. I want you to leave here today with, with, with something in your heart. If Jesus would come today, would I make it? Huh? Would I make it? Years ago, I had asked some people, well, the Lord spoke to me. And uh, if my, I told my wife, if I would die, have I done enough to make sure you know how to serve God with your life? And after do some self-examination, I hadn't been so perfect. <laughs> Come on. And we use that argument, nobody's perfect. Well, that's true, but it's not true. Because if you're on the right road to perfection, you're, you're going to get there. See, the only one that never sinned was Jesus. He's the only one that walked this planet that never had sin in his life. But today you can do something about where your life's going, right? 
You can do something about what your, your life's going to be. Will you follow the angry crowd? Or will you follow the cheerful one, the, the, the safe crowd? Jesus, the, 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 the Jewish people had to make a decision. You can either have a Barabbas, a murderer, a thief, or you can choose Jesus. Listen, it's the same decision you make today. You can choose the angry ones, the thieves, the murderers, or you can choose to live for Jesus. You can choose Jesus or you can choose Barabbas. Listen, there's people that go to church that choose Barabbas. When you start talking to someone, oh, I'm not going to be put in bondage. I'm not, I'm not going to put in, I'm not, I, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm going to live my life the way I want. Listen, that's Barabbas, you see? <laughs> you see, the Jewish people were supposed to have known better. Who did they choose? <laughs> Very few followed Jesus to Calvary. Not even his own disciples, they ran away from him. <laughs> Come on. The only one that's recorded on, on the, one of his disciples at the cross was John. But all the rest of them ran scared. See, Judas, he knew God at one time. People say, well, Judas made it. No, Judas did not make it. Because Judas chose money before Christ. See, Judas thought that Jesus was going to take over the world at that time. They knew the Messiah was going to one day rule the world, and that's going to happen at the end of the tribulation period. But Judas thought it was now. So he wanted to place his seat in authority. So when he found out Jesus wasn't going to do that, he betrayed him. 30 pieces of silver. Now, when he, when he realized that Jesus was going to die on the cross, he says he, he repented. I mean, he was sorry, but he never, he went hung himself. So Judas didn't make it. And when I could hear the cries of people that had scriptures on their head and wrapped around their arms and so say uh, people of God cry, crucify him. Crucify him. What did I do with Jesus? Crucify him. You know who had him killed? Religious people. People that knew the Bible. You could quote the first five books of the Bible by heart. Crucify him. What's your choice today? Listen, I'm not asking for people to, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to ask for to come up. You make that decision. You leave with that decision in your heart. You can either choose Jesus or you can choose Barabbas, right? You can choose John's gospel or Judas's gospel. See, Judas, John's gospel said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes should not perish, but have a, that's in John 3.16. John's gospel, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He came to his own, and they received him not. Remember that? You can read that whole first chapter. They were waiting for the Messiah. But when he came, they didn't want nothing to do with him. Because Jesus didn't come from their class or their, or their, their, their church or their, their, their philosophy. See, that's, that's the point. That's a problem. Jesus, if the Jews 
would have, and I'm just from what I believe, the Jews would have accepted him that the millennium when it came in. But they rejected him. And that was because me and you could come into the. See, the Jews' rejection of Jesus brought in the Gentiles. See, if they would have never rejected him, we'd have never, we'd have never came in. Oh, fortunately, it would have happened. But at that time, the, the Jews' rejections of Jesus is your acceptance of him. That makes sense to you? God knew it all along. He knew how the plan would work out. Stand up, okay? Don't you stand up. Please, I don't want you to raise your hand or nothing. I just want you to think a minute. And it's a personal thing between you and God, okay? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and ask yourself a simple question. If Jesus came today, would I go? If Jesus came today, would you make it? Would you go? Are you right with God? And you're going to leave here today with that one question in your heart. And it's going to be something you're going to have to do something with it about. Something, you, decision you're going to have to make. Am I really willing to live this life for Jesus or not? I'll be a person for me. There's, there's no other life. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I, can, I can serve a Jesus of, of life and peace and eternal life. I'll go back with the rest of them and be angry and divided and bitter. That have no hope. That's why he said, because you're lukewarm, because you want both sides, I'll spew you out of my mouth. You remember the other, a couple of weeks ago, I preached a message. I called God. I preached a message. God is a jealous God. God is a jealous God. He's not going to share you with this world. You know what bothers me a lot in my life? Don't mind me. When my prayer life gets weak, I just something feels like it's missing. I should be. Him. I should be feeling, you know, his presence more and more and more as we see that day approaching. There's nothing we need to be doing right now. Listen, turn the world off and get serious with God. Well, but then this is the, the life, the world, the world, the world ain't doing nothing for you, but destroy, could destroy. Turn the world off. Whatever gets you separated from God, whatever takes you out of God's will and fellowship, t- take it out. Take it out. Take it out. There's nothing, nothing in this world worth keeping. Listen to me. It's, it's, all the world offers is death. Turn the TV on for about a half an hour and watch the world news, and you see what I'm talking about. When I can see women half naked, their breasts are sticking out of their shirts, and all the way up to here, like, like they should be, that should be rated X. Some sluts. Perverted. Using their own body to sell something, to get. And I was looking at the Hollywood graveyard thing. You know how many women die young? They're, they're searching for joy and happiness. They got all the money in the world. They got all the fame in the world. They got all the riches. And they're killing themselves. They're committing suicide. Dying young. They're looking for happiness, but they're looking for, for the wrong place. Money won't bring joy to your life. Oh, it's nice to have, but it's still not going to bring joy in your life. Having a big house and a big car and a, everything you need, that these people have it all. Fame, fortune. 
But they still murdered. They took, most of the suicides that happen right now happen in Hollywood. <laughs> Movie stars. <laughs> Let's take Lucy for me. I love Lucy. You watch our program, you think that this is all fun and games. But I was one of the most miserable women in, 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 in Hollywood. Her husband was running around on her. She would have been married two, three times. There wasn't this happy-go-lucky thing you see on TV. That's all that show. These people are miserable. The world is miserable. The society is miserable. But my God, listen, it ain't my world. <laughs> they don't have to be my world. If I got to stress myself out on who's going to be the next president of the United States, it's a waste of time. Because I, I voted for somebody almost 40 years ago. Never lost my vote. You know who he is? Uh-huh. I voted for somebody when I was down, he was there. When I was hurting, he picked me up. See, people have religion. They, they wrap their arms around a cold, dead statue that can't bring no warmth, no comfort. But put your arms around Jesus. See, John, John knew where he was at. He, he laid on his breast. He wanted to be as close, and guess what? The one that went with him more to the, went to the cross with him was John. My Lord, I feel like preaching again. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Seriously. Huh? Lord, we thank you, Father God, for your word today. Lord, I thank you that you're coming back, Lord Jesus. My God, and you're coming for those that are looking for you. Lord, I ask you to fill our all to the brim. Let the light of gospel, the gospel, the Holy Spirit shine in our lives. Let us seek your will and your, your, your face, Lord. Let us draw close to you. Then if you come today, we can say, well, hear, hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome to the joy of the Lord. Jesus would come today. Where would you be? Mm -hmm.